screen, Terra Nova Troy. Can you hear me? All right. I'm Pastor Bill Cuthbertson, and I am uh, glad to be here again preaching. Got the chance to see faces in the 9 a.m. service that I don't always see, and here in the service with my family and with you folks today. All right, let me take off this mask without ripping off the uh, microphone. All right, see how... There we go. (laughs) The challenges of doing ministry in a pandemic. Well, we are so glad to have uh, you here this morning. Rev Hall, and for those who are watching today from home, uh, as we gather for worship together, as we... We uh, are ready to hear from the Lord, from His Word. You know, we've, we've certainly been adjusting to life uh, during this, uh, this time uh, to one degree or another. I think we've learned to adapt and to figure out uh, what we need to do, how to, how to get through this time, get on with life as best we can. I know that a good number of our church family is choosing to participate in the worship service each week from home, whether it's out of concern for you or your family or maybe your extended uh, family, uh, that maybe someone is vulnerable, we, um, we miss you and uh, we understand the caution you need to take right now and we will save a spot for you at some point when uh, time is right. As a church, we have needed to modify how we do things here. I... I uh, I'm still getting used to looking out and seeing the tables, sort of the, the rows of chairs. But this is kind of cool, right? We're sitting around a table. It's almost like a little church cafe. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to just continue to ask for the Lord uh, to give us wisdom as we navigate these times. Uh, you know, we've needed to do things differently here on Sundays and our, our tribes when we meet during the week. And I just want to give a word of appreciation to, to Dennis Gardner and Pastor Rob for all the work that they did this summer and early in the fall to get us here to this place, all the preparations that needed to be made. If you were here before all this happened in the spring with the pandemic, you know that Ref Hall looks, uh, looks different. Uh, a lot of things uh, are just uh, like no sound booth or sound room anymore. Stage is different. Uh, we just appreciate all the work that went into to get us here and uh, appreciate those guys. And I just want to just say that I'm glad for Dennis and his attention to detail, uh, all the things that he has to do each week. And, and, the, and the folks that, that help, uh, I appreciate those folks that help at the sound booth and uh, the sound table over there and help just checking people in, all the, all the different volunteers. Uh, we are, are just uh, grateful for them to help us reduce the risks each week and have a safe worship experience on Sundays. So wherever you are this morning, whether you're here with us at Rev Hall or you're watching from home, I want to just remind us we are united in Christ. We are united in Christ. Let's keep um, thinking of that during this time of being socially distant. Um, when we have to sing with masks on, or maybe for some of us, some of you need to, need to stay home right now, uh, this time is not going to last forever, so be encouraged by that. We will be back together, and we're going to figure out what... It looks like to be the body of Christ, to be the church that God has called us to be uh, post-pandemic. In the meantime, I just want to share some pastoral encouragement that um, we need each other. We need each other during these times. I know we can't be all together here on Sunday, um, but 
if you're part of Terra Nova Church, this is your church home, then we're in this together, and we are there for each other. So with that being said, I just want to remind us to be, let's be careful not to get disconnected. Disconnected during this time. As much as we need to be mindful right now of our physical distance to others, um, let's also make the effort to stay connected. We need to care for the people in our lives, whether that's our friends and neighbors or our church families. You know, staying home, limiting, limiting contact with others, you know, those help us avoid the virus. But don't neglect those important relationships. Make the effort to maintain relationships in your life as, as best you can. Don't stop getting together with friends, even if that means you've got to do it online. You know, for some folks, it, you just need to keep, uh, stay home and, and keep that distance. But make sure that you're connecting as best that you can. I've, I've said this before. We're not going to Netflix our way through uh, this pandemic, through, through this winter even. We need regular interaction with others, whether that's on FaceTime or Zoom. And, you know, and I know that's getting old. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of us that are kind of burnt out to some of that. The meetings, uh, talking to people on a screen. But at the same time, those, those have been just valuable things we've been blessed to have during this time. Uh, we know that uh, it's, a, it's, it's great to be able to, to connect with someone uh, in a, just even through our phone or uh, on, our, on our computer at home uh, just to catch up. You know, for somebody in your church family, maybe that means just to seeing how they're doing, giving them some feedback about some issue that they're dealing with in life. Uh, you know, we can also get creative right now, get creative in how we are able to connect, so if, you know, and how we... Um, just meet up. Maybe, maybe you're not comfortable hosting people in your home. Um, find a public place to connect. Maybe go out for coffee or dessert or something. And if you're not comfortable meeting at a restaurant right now, um, meet outside as much as the weather allows. And I know in the Northeast that window's closing and, and you know, it's going to get wet and snow's coming. But let's, let's do our best. You know, we may need to bundle up to, uh, to spend time together. You know, I recently heard of one of our tribes that they, they needed to move to uh, Zoom meetings exclusively, so they're not going to be able to gather anymore in person for the next few months or so. And, but they're choosing to get together for hikes, choosing to go for a walk together, and maybe in a park or wherever that might be. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I know, obviously, again, it's going to get cold. It's going to be challenging. But they're trying to make that effort to meet in person as best they can to do it safely. I thought that was a great idea. Let me, and again, let me say something about our tribes, by the way. If, if you are in a tribe and you know, you're, you're, maybe you're already getting a little bit weary of, of all the, the challenges that are out there when it comes to meeting, or maybe you're getting weary of meeting on Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it might be, don't pull back. Stay connected. You need to make that extra effort to, to just to communicate with others, to, to continue in those relationships. And if you're not in a tribe right now, you really need to be. And, and, you know, you can go to our website and put in your tribe application with times that you're available, nights of the week, and we're going to do our best to get you connected. You know, that's, that's something that's very important. If that's something you're interested, feel free to shoot me an email. I'd love to help you out with that. Well, the Lord made us to be around each other, to be with each other, to spend time doing life together. We need one another on the journey of faith Let's do our best to be there for one another as much as we can. 
And so, so as, I, as I mentioned all this this morning, it's kind of a little bit of a PSA maybe, but um, you might be thinking, what's this have to do with today's sermon? Well, we're going to be back in Matthew chapter 14, uh, and you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to look at another miracle story, the third one in three this chapter. We, uh, we were last week looking at that miracle story when the disciples were out in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus walked out to them and called Peter out, and he learned, he learned a valuable faith lesson as he walked out onto the water, but then began to sink as he doubted. Well, we're going to be looking at the, the, the third of three this morning. And as we do that, I think we're going to find places in the story that, that, that have encouragement for us during this time of, of physical distance. Let's, let's look here in a moment at this brief encounter in the life and ministry of our Savior. As it's a story about a, a people in a town not too far from where Jesus grew up. People who responded in faith to the Lord, active faith, they, they realized, when they realized Jesus was in their town, they reached out to their friends and their neighbors to connect them with the Lord. Okay, I'm going to be in Matthew 14. If you haven't turned there yet, go ahead and do that. It's the very end of the chapter, three quick verses. It's one of those little sections in your Bible that you can kind of cruise past and miss when you're reading. But let's take a look at that in verse 34. And when they had crossed over, they came to, the land, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, Jesus, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. I'm going to open us with prayer if you'll bow your heads with me. Our Father, we are so grateful to be together here for worship, together as those of us that are in the same room, but also for those that are watching at home, whether it's live right now or later this afternoon or later this week, where we are your people and we are united by the Spirit of God, regardless where we are this morning. Lord, may this brief miracle story in the Gospel of Matthew encourage us today Lord, may you have words for us to learn from your word. Lord, may we be your people who are connected together through you to connect with one another and be your people. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, the, the brief story, and there's a real brief outline today, we're going to look at lessons from the story. I want us to walk through these verses and, and dig into them. I think there's actually... Uh, surprisingly more than you might realize in, in this passage. And then we're going to, the second half, we're going to talk through some questions to consider, things we can take with us as we, we go into the week here from this passage. All right, let's, let's take a look at the story. As I said last week, we talked about the, the miracle story right before this, chapter 14, when the disciples were on the boat, the Lord called Peter out of the boat uh, to walk on the water. We, we looked at how that went and how the lessons there were there. Now we're at the end of the chapter. After, after the Lord uh, was out there with, in, with his disciples in the middle of the lake, he has them cross over uh, to the other shore, to the town of Gennesaret. And, and that's, that's actually a significant detail here because we know a little bit about this area. Uh, Gennesaret was, was an agricultural region known for its high levels of productivity of several important crops. They they had uh, walnuts and palm oil, olives, figs. Uh, it was quite a productive area. And that uh, is actually a detail that helps understand the, the response that Jesus received there. 
the fruitfulness of this region meant that many of these folks from Gennesaret would travel around the area. They traveled around the region. Uh, they'd be taking their, their crops to sell in the markets. So I imagine that many of those, those folks that lived there had already heard Jesus speak. They'd already heard him preach. They'd, they'd been able to uh, listen to him and, and see him perform miracles. And I think that's why they, they knew him. They knew who Jesus was. That in verse 35, uh, Matthew details that the men of that place recognized Jesus. That first detail we receive here. Well, Matthew doesn't give us really any other clues about how much they knew uh, of Jesus, their depth of understanding about who he was, what he had come to do. But I, I suspect they'd heard enough. They'd heard enough of the preaching of Jesus. Maybe they'd heard about uh, different people came back and reported. They heard enough to believe that Jesus uh, was, was uh, one who was sent from the Lord. He was sent from God. And whatever they had they'd come to understood about Jesus up to that point, they were excited when he came into their town. And they were interested in hearing more of what he had for them. And that's, that's significant because contrast that to where we were at the end of chapter 13. A month ago, we looked at the, that, that uh, story when Jesus went into his hometown of Nazareth. Do you remember that? He was there and he was, he was sharing some of those parable stories that he had just recently uh, shared. And, and the, uh, these, these people that were probably friends and neighbors, at least, of Jesus... They listened to him, and in the text there, it says that they, they recognized that he was preaching with authority, that he was being faithful to the Word of God. They recognized that he was doing mighty acts, these miracles that, that demonstrated his, his power that had come from God, but they didn't respond too, too well to that, if you remember. They, uh, they quickly dismissed Jesus. In their stubbornness and pride, the people of Nazareth would not listen to Jesus. They didn't want to be challenged by what he was, was teaching that day. Instead of responding with listening ears, the crowd in Nazareth, they tuned out. And they responded with unbelief. It was a sad story. Yet these men here in Gennesaret, they responded quite differently. The second part of verse 35, we read that they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick. I think this is a, a significant detail. Significant detail there. It says quite a lot about the impact that Jesus had made on them. These guys didn't have just a, a passive faith. A, a, a spectator faith. Where they just sat back to watch and to listen. Without Jesus' preaching making much of a difference in their lives. We see in them a genuine faith response. A genuine faith response. We see in them an active faith when Jesus came into their town, they thought of their friends and their neighbors who were suffering with sickness, who were feeling hopeless with their whatever disabilities they had. And they saw an opportunity to help the hurting in their community by bringing them to Jesus. What a great reminder for us that our faith should be active like that. When we get, get excited to hear what the Lord has for us, in, in the Word of God, and we, we, we want to share that. These, these guys had heard Jesus. They, they, they knew the, the, the powerful words that he had been sharing, and they wanted to share that. I think it's fair to say that this, this story is also a warning for us. It's also a warning for us. When our hearts get dull to the gospel, we can, when, we can lose sight of those around us who need Jesus. 
What happens next in the story is, is interesting. In, in verse 36, uh, Matthew sh- shares that they, they implored him that they might touch, that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. Might only touch the fringe of his garment. What's, what's that all about? You know, I was thinking about that this, this week, uh, this idea they had to ask him, Jesus, can they, can they just touch the edge of your coat as they walk by? I wonder if turnout that day was greater than they expected. Maybe the crowd of sick and disabled people was just growing. There's just more and more people coming to meet Jesus. These men who had sent the word out to the neighborhoods and the surrounding villages, maybe they were getting worried that Jesus might not have time to heal everyone. You know, I, I envision a scene where, where Jesus is there to heal and people are coming to him and he's talking to them, maybe, maybe asking their name, asking them how long they had been suffering. We see pictures of this in other places where he healed people who were sick. And I think he was treating those folks that day with, with dignity when so much of their lives they had been marginalized because of their sickness, because of their, their disabilities. And as the crowds grew larger, I, suspe- I suspect these men feared that Jesus might have to get back in the boat and head home before everyone would be healed. So they decided they had to find a way for all the hurting people to connect with Jesus. And I, I think, I think this, this brief little statement there says something about their faith. They had such confidence in the kindness and compassion of our Savior and, and in His power to heal that they asked Him. They, they pleaded with Him. The Greek word there, is, as we translate as implored in our, our version there, they, they pleaded with Him to let the people touch His cloak as they walk by in order to be healed. You know, that, that sounds kind of superstitious to us. You know, these guys believe that having the people just put their hands on Jesus' coat would, would somehow heal them. And I, yet, yet that is a bit odd to our, our modern ears. But let's not miss what this is here. It's a bold request. It's a prayer of faith for God to work. They saw the needs of their friends and neighbors and that they trusted the Lord would help them. And I, and I, I imagine a smile must have come to Jesus' face when, when they asked him this Lord, Rabbi, can we just let them touch the edge of your cloak? Think of the hard hearts that he had faced not too many days before when he was in Nazareth, a town not that far away, not that different from Gennesaret. Yet these men responded with faith to see the needs around them. Again, what a reminder for us. Are we thinking about those in our lives, whether that's in our neighborhoods or where we work or school, uh, friends, family members, who are hurting in need of a Savior. You know, this story reminds me how important it is for me to pray for the Lord to show me those people that I can, I can take to Jesus to help them connect with Him. Well, Matthew ends this story at the, the, that second half of, of verse 36. Uh, as many as touched him or touched it, it, his coat were made well. As many as touched it were made well. Everyone who responded with faith and went to Jesus were healed. Very important detail here. He didn't turn anybody away. Nobody had a need that was too great for the Lord that day. No one missed his healing because Jesus didn't have time for them. Be encouraged today, whatever your situation is. Jesus will meet you where you are. 
Every one of the people that were there that day that lined up just to touch the edge of his coat, they were healed. Jesus offers us grace if we'll come to him and receive it. Well, this third miracle story, I think it's, uh, it's one we can easily cruise by, just three quick verses. But Matthew is able to show us another picture of the compassion of our Savior who will meet us in our suffering. But you know what? He also gives us an example of the men in that town who would go out of their way to help their family and friends connect with Jesus, to experience his healing grace. And I think that's maybe one of those things we want to remember from the story. We need one another to connect with Jesus and to experience his grace. We need to be here or be watching on Sunday. Don't let those connections slip, slip away as we get busy or just get discouraged through this time. We need one another to connect with Jesus. So let me, let me just ask some questions here, the second half of our discussion today. The questions for you to take home with you. Do you know your need to connect with the Savior? Do you know your need? For those who came that day to meet with Jesus, it was a step of faith. We don't really know much at all about these people and they were sick, need of healing. We don't know what they knew of Jesus, what they knew yet. Maybe, maybe it was a little. Some may have already heard about Jesus and were optimistic that he could heal them. Maybe some of them didn't really know much about him at all, but it was because one of their friends, one of their neighbors said, hey, you've got to meet this guy. Come with me. I'll, I'll take you there. Maybe they, maybe they were carried there by a friend. Whatever their reasons, they went because they knew their need. Which makes sense, because chronically sick, disabled people in the ancient world, there wasn't much hope for them. There was very little options, very little hope. What about you? Do you know your need? Do you know your need? Do you know the condition of your heart? Do you know that you need forgiveness that the Lord provides, so that, so that that relationship between us and God that sin has broken can be restored. So we can have new life in Jesus and be able to love one another like, like we should because we've been transformed inside by the grace of God. Do you know your need? Maybe you're a person here who's not taken that step yet to come forward and grab a hold of the edge of Jesus' garment. And there's other, others of us who are here this morning who we have taken that step. We've made that commitment of faith already. Maybe years ago, we recognized Jesus and we responded to him by faith. But you know what? We can also lose sight of that. We can get busy. We can get distracted and discouraged. We can start to forget our need for God's grace as we try to get through the week. Try to figure it out on our own. This story is a reminder that we should start each day acknowledging our need for God's grace. God's grace to sustain us. You know your need for a Savior. Second question this morning. Have you touched the edge of his garment? I know, again, that sounds a little weird. Sounds maybe just some churchy thing we might say. Let's not miss that the story is more than just about Jesus healing people that day. That's very important. We see his who he is, his power, his compassion. But I think it's more than that. So we think of the the line of people that day hoping to touch Jesus' coat. We see in them a response of faith. 
Again, we don't know what they knew, how much they knew about Jesus, how much they'd heard, but they knew their need, and they reached out to Jesus for healing. Have you responded to the Lord? Have you trusted in him? Have you began your journey of faith? For those of us who have taken that step, are you holding on to Jesus? Are you pursuing that healing connection to him because you know how much you need his grace every day? You know, lots of people choose to remain at a safe distance from Jesus. Even church people. We can come here on Sundays, participate in worship, sing, sit through the service, but then go home without getting uh, close enough to Jesus for him to have much of an impact on our lives. If we're not careful, this can just become another activity that we do in our week. We listen, we watch, but for whatever reason, we can be reluctant to reach out to the Lord for that grace that he offers us. If you touch the edge of his garment. Are you connected to the Lord? Are you holding on? You know what I mean by that? As I think about the the people coming to Jesus that day to to touch his his coat, to connect with him and be healed, I'm I'm reminded of of what the Lord would later share with his disciples in John chapter 15. So I was preparing this week. That story came to my mind. Feel free to turn there. We're not going to have time to to really look into that much, but I want to just spend a few moments thinking about that. In his last teaching time, before he would lay down his life on the cross, Jesus met with his disciples in the upper room to share one of the most important instructions about how they would would live out their faith after he was gone, how, how they would be able to stand up to the challenges that were ahead. Do you know that passage? I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him It will bear much fruit. When we reach out and touch the edge of Christ's garment and trust in him for healing grace, our need to connect with our Savior doesn't end. It just begins. Just take a moment to think about that vineyard metaphor. I know we're not, most of us aren't agricultural people. It's it's so different from our world, but they knew that what the Lord meant when he used this metaphor. A branch is useless and lifeless if it's not connected to the vine. It's not connected to the vine. The sap from the vine flows into the branch to give life and enable it to grow and to bear fruit. If it's not connected, none of that happens. We respond to the grace of God in, 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 with faith in Jesus The Lord brings us into union with Christ. We're connected with him. The Apostle Paul wrote about that, too, in places like Romans 6, Galatians 2. He says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. When we are united with Christ, we have that new life. He sustains us and will bear fruit in our lives in the form of transformation in our heart, in our mind. It affects how we respond to circumstances, how we treat one another. Jesus uh, would spend most of John 15 explaining this branch and vine metaphor to prepare his disciples for the struggles that were ahead. And the Lord gives the same promise to us. The healing grace that we found in Christ when we put our faith in him continues to flow into us each day when we're connected to him.
like a branch is connected to a vine. And if you think about it, this teaching should be really encouraging to us. You put your faith in the Lord, your journey in Christ just began. He, did, he didn't send us on our way to struggle on our own through life. It's one of the most important Bible teachings that we need to hold on to. So how do we remain connected to Jesus? How do we remain connected to Jesus? Abiding the vine starts with an attitude of humble dependence. Humble dependence, knowing our need for his healing grace. We need to stay connected through prayer. Folks, the Lord knows our needs before we pray him. He want, we pray them to him. He wants us to pray to him so he can encourage us. So we can find grace in him as we call out to him with these needs. We can receive that grace that he has for us. We need to listen to the word of God. Listen to the word of God as, as the spirit of God addresses things in our life so that, that living power of God can flow into us. We need to submit those areas of our life to the Lord. How do we remain connected to, the, to Jesus? It's, it's, it's about staying connected to the body of Christ. I spoke to that a little bit at the beginning here. We need one another in our church family to help us remain connected to our Savior, to abide in the vine and to bear fruit. Are you connected to the body of Christ? Apostle Paul shares that metaphor in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this, this idea that we are the body of Christ, that we are the cells and the tissues together. We are the eyes and the ears of our Savior. We are His hands and feet. We are the presence of the Lord here on earth. If we want to feel the presence of God in our lives, make sure you're connected to your brothers and sisters in Christ. I know that can just seem like theology at times, but this is who we are in Christ. It's the foundation on which we stand, particularly during times like these. The Lord didn't leave us alone. He left us here, bound together, to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So be intentional, folks. Remain connected to your church family. Lastly, who are those in your life that you can lead to Jesus? We're out of time this morning, but I want to leave us with that challenge. The men in that story responded to faith to think of those that needed him. Who are those folks that you know that need Christ? Well, as the band comes forward, we need to... Uh, Prepare ourselves to celebrate communion. You know, I was thinking about this, uh, this, the Lord's Supper this week, and normally we have people come down the line. There's a sister or brother that are there to give us uh, a piece of the bread. We can dip in the, the juice uh, or the wine. And, uh, you know, we, we, we know that historically the Lord's Supper has been something that we do together as God's people. And we can't do that right now. We need you to stay in your seat and celebrate that by yourself or with your family. But I just want to mention that this is something that we do together, even if you're at home right now. This is a community celebration, but we have together in Christ as God's people who he gave his life to redeem, and we are together on this journey of faith. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this time in your word. May you bind us together this week, even though we're apart more than we'd like to be. Thank you for the power of your word Thank you for the ministry of the Spirit. We are one in you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.